Reducto ad absurdum. It's not a Harry Potter spell. Your you know, furniture is not suddenly going to start uh, floating around the room if you say it. It's really the basis of our conversation today about historical accuracy, historical authenticity versus asymmetrical gameplay in Hell Let Loose. But before we get into that, we've got the news and we've got Mosca's one year Hell Let Loose birthday that definitely we're going to celebrate. All this and more on episode 12 of Hell Let's Talk. Dude, did you every single time? I can't help it, man. I'm head bopping to that. I'm head bopping to Maury's new song, Maury's new theme song, dude. Just loving it's it. It's very loving good. It. It's very good. I, I love what he's done with the new trailer. And yeah. uh, welcome, everybody. Cheers to you to another Cheers. episode of Hell. Let's talk. We're, we're this is an early episode we're filming, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I don't. I, I'm not drinking, but just in case, I always come from in this coffee mug. Yeah, say, if, if we do, uh, my, my in-laws just got me a little Jack Daniels uh, Tennessee taster, not available in stores directly from the uh, distillery. So if the conversation winds up going where alcohol is needed, uh, I got that in uh, standby. Uh, but uh, yeah, never a hard thing for us to get never there. Hard thing, That's never for sure. Let me give it a shot. Let me get a shot. Reductio ad adsertum. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I had to Google it. I had to Google it. So. Uh, we got some we can, smart people writing for us. We do, we do. And, and, and let's, let's call it uh, between Dash 30 and Sunseeker. Sunseeker uh, really kind of uh, came to us with this idea of a, a show he really wanted uh, us to present. So we hope to do him justice. Uh, but he put this down. Uh, Reducto ad absurdum is an idea that, you know, if, if something is so crazy, you know, the, the basis of it can't be true. Like if everybody jumped off a bridge, would you jump also? Yes. There's obviously something going wrong. I just saw everybody die. I'm going to die also. Redacto ad absurdum. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, I mean, this show, really, we're going to pertain in, and we got a good one for you guys. Uh, it's going to be the historical accuracy versus authenticity as it compares to asymmetrical balance. So this yeah. is going to be a really ooh, kind of show. I think we're going to have a lot of points kind of on both ends of the spectrum here. Um, we got Mosca coming in, as you said, and then we got our good pal Johnny Gunner 41. He's going to make his return with some rave. historical rave reviews off the last episode. So yes, bring them rave. Back. So we, we got to keep that fella. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So let's get through the news uh, first and foremost here. Uh, mm-hmm. I think probably the biggest news didn't come Always out of big. Dev Brief. Not kind of surprising. Nope. <laughs> we, we'll talk about the Dev Briefs on the next episode. Uh, needless to say, there's not a lot of meat on that bone for us uh, over the last two weeks. But Reddit uh, actually posted this on there. Uh, Harmonic uh, found this on Stream Database. And if you're not familiar with exactly what Stream Database is, it's basically a third-party tool that just tracks all the updates on Steam. And, it allows you, yeah. Database mining, looking at, you know, the matrix looking out there. And what he came across was actually this little screenshot up here. Now, we do know a couple dev briefs ago, they did confirm Kursk. Uh, mm-hmm. But now right below that, you see rich present slash English slash tokens, maps, Stalin, Stalingrad. Stalingrad uh, confirmed. 
Calling confirmed. It. It's it's confirmed. And we had this in a previous show. If you uh, back in episode two of Hell Let's Talk, we listed multiple reasons why we think it could be Stalingrad uh, based on Brev Dev Brief 108. There's some very peculiar Stalingrad ish like uh, power lines in, in one of the photos they had leaked previously. Yep. So this is kind of good. I mean, I saw it coming. You can't have a World War Two game without Stalingrad. Come on. You can't, you know, have, you can't have the eastern front without Stalingrad. Exactly, exactly. You know, PPSH through rubble and then ruin and, you know, sniper shells, you know, being camped up. Like, it's got to have everything you're going to want on the eastern front map. So yeah. I, I, I look forward to that one. Well, I, I, I want to point out, confirm. you know, what, what they said with Curse was that it was going to be these open rolling hills, mm-hmm. a lot of tank, you know, highlight the T-34 yeah, coming with and it. And that's what it was for. You know, yeah. it was a tank predominant. It's like it's an, it's the new Foy V2, but on the <laughs> eastern side. So you're going to yeah. see more tank engagements on that map. But Stalingrad will bring it back to the soldier route um, yeah. boots on ground. Mentality, and I like, which I I like that to. balance. I like that mm-hmm. balance between the two. But here's the other thing that's, you know, kind of. Yes, it's Stalingrad's on there. There's only two maps listed on this. I don't know, like, for me, I think three maps after having such, I mean, we talked about this on the last episode, three maps is, I think, really what the community would digest well, that we would feel mm-hmm. kind of satisfied with after not having a new map in such a long time. Yes, we've had remastered, we've had new game modes on Utah, things of that nature. I- I'm a little disappointed just to see two, I gotta be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Hmm. Mm, yeah you think two yeah two's not enough i mean i think you, just having one would be bad but two's not too bad at least you can balance it is that you know we saw that every time a new map got released like carantan being the last one like you just 24 7 you'd see those servers carantan only yeah and it, it can, you can really play it out um to that point because everybody Do- wants to play the new map but i think if you lease leak a few like two 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 would be the bare minimum for me uh, why Do you don't remember- you agree with two I, I don't I don't agree with two because it's been so long since we've had Carantan and we've had multiple updates mm. now up update eight update nine and it hasn't been anything new to actually walk around and let's be honest uh, the, the the one of the biggest competitive advantages of this games is the maps is the graphics is the immersion as you say it my immersion <laughs> yeah I can't do it justice like you can but uh, you know, and to to not have that and kind of you know just rep- go through the motions a little bit on some of these maps, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it's uh, I think three granted yeah one would be just horrible, uh, three yeah, I think no, would be I'm... good, yeah. So I I I put it out there. I'm gonna be curious. Are we gonna see the performance issues on a city ma- city heavy map on Stalingrad mm-hmm. like we do on Carantan? Hopefully they take some of this performance into account. Yeah. Yeah, very good point taken there. I mean, the rasters, the shaders, the textures, the the packs, see how they all condense that and optimize it. Because, again, we don't want a Carantan V2 issues that Carantan had on its startup because, I mean, they they had to rework it to make it more manageable and actually playable. But still, Carantan is still not playable on some machines, as we've seen. So be really keen to see what they do. And maybe by reworking... Um, in Stalingrad, they rework Carantan and they could maybe kind of it's like building a rocket to go to the moon on all the technology that took to get there is now like your cell phone. It's your, you know, all these little things that we got off. So hopefully like that can kind of reintroduce and they reapply back through the cycle of those older maps. And for the love of God, please update those old maps with the um, the shrubs, the walls, everything so you can drive your supply truck through them. They did Lawn, it for some. Lawnmowers let loose. Lawnmowers let loose. Oh, my God. Take it out. So 
Anyway, yeah. uh, there Moving was on. a little bit of other news on there. Uh, we mm-hmm. did have, uh, you know, it wasn't a free player weekend, uh, but there, the game did go on sale 25% off. And I was actually kind of just noticing uh, w- there were some matches where I was in where 30 to 50% of the players in that match were like under level 20, indicated they bought mm-hmm. the game this weekend. I know when I was streaming, I had people asking questions on the fence whether they're going to buy it or not. Wound up seeing some of them, some uh, seeing some gameplay, wound up purchasing. Um, so it, obviously it's still uh, being attractive out there. Uh, quality of gameplay. We always talk about be nice on free player weekends, be nice on sales. You do see that frustration, the one garrison challenge coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, eh, it was it was good, though. Always present the solution to that is like, hey, if you got a question, just ask. And, you know, that most of the time they might not even ask anything because they don't, you know, they don't want to. But, I, you know, the first thing I tell anybody that I see at level 20, press C and hold <laughs> it to talk into your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's like first piece of advice to those newer players. But we're happy to have them on there. Um, and it just makes the game get a little bit better by a little bit more money, um, a little bit more engagement. On the fan base, yep. so and, and always, always good to see that grow. It's always good to see be part of a community that's still attracting mm-hmm. new players. Yes, the veteran population. We've time talked about that in our other episodes. Feeling a little burnt out, feeling a little unequitable uh, relationship in certain aspects, mm-hmm. certain players. Uh, but there is this healthy amount of new players coming in to replace, to learn, to get excited. I actually, I, Digi, you and I have had multiple squads where we got a level one on you know omaha and they're just like this is amazing and we're like stick with us we're gonna charge the next point yeah, yeah and the challenge is always to see how how many levels we can get this guy to bump up from level one i always love that like hey, this is your first game great all right we're gonna get you to level nine <laughs> just you know i i zing 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 yeah. I'd like i loved it when i was in the lower levels and you'd see him fly by but longer yeah. those days now i'm just like on my way to 232 you know something crazy um but yeah in other news though we did have debrief 128 come out and that was engaging with the upcoming pte in the video competition update and with that i mean i think a lot of numerous clans have put together a great number of excellent videos uh the training camp put together one i saw a holding holding flanks and killing tanks is one for he nailed it where they he nailed it (laughs) where they where they they basically took the audio rip from uh the band of brothers carantan invasion and it's just like it's perfectly sync like i hats go off to those guys making their production down there a lot of great videos and that that uh and i saw one meme video and i can't remember the name of it but it was like that guy had like a lot of good skits um and really cool to see what the community uh creative content is like out there so definitely i think it was a wonderful idea by the devs well um and I'm just happy I mean, that our at least our Australian friends won't have to overcorrect us on how we just slaughtered <laughs> their community name over and over again. Uh, so uh, no, that, I become that was a bit good. of a Manchurian candidate when I have to say <laughs> names, and it's like uh, completely botch it. But uh, yeah, it, it, but it's a huge moment uh, in, in that dev brief to really kind of give some solid feedback um, before this game is launched. So I, I think this is a really good opportunity, um, and again, just more input from the the, the community into yeah. the process. Well, I like that they stated on here that this is actually going to be Russian content that you're mm-hmm. playing. So, so I think this PTE is going to be definitely very attractive to a lot of people that are have either kind of on the fence, veteran players, about saying where this game's good direction, what's kind of the final product looking. Um, it's obviously going to be a lot for people that just want to see, get that first impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's also remember as we head into the PTE that things that are in the game on that public test environment may not come out full release a pointed example before update nine op's got locked 
I think, and that clearly did not make it into update nine. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm hoping the developers and the community come together really good on this one. And by that, I really mean that developers let this have a long runtime on the PTE, come out with clear expectations of what they're looking for, player engagement, feedback, uh, armor overhaul. Hopefully that's going to be coming. You know, the, our armor experts would be able to get out it's there. It's been coming. It's coming. It's coming. They did a little, uh, I forgot, not the 128, but the one before. They showed a little, hey, here's some models, but it's just teasing of some more to come, more to come. Um, mm-hmm. You know, normally at this point when they release a PTE, and when I say normally with Update 8, with Update 9, we can look back at since they've started doing PTEs and predict a launch window of the update. I feel like this one, you know, you, did you always try to put me on the spot of uh, some bold Give me that guarantee. Nope, not happening. Not even going to try. Come on. Not, even, not even taking a shot in the well, dark well, on this What's one. your best prediction there, pal? Nope, not what happening. No, Come on. No, no. Come on. I, I mean, I, I think if, we, if, we had, if you had to push me on it, I still think probably like the summer would be mm-hmm. a decent period. You know, we really see about two, two and a half months from a PT announcement of when we see an update. But for this being update 10, full launch of the game summer isn't really a time that you want to launch a game in you know type deal um i could see this pushing into like in you know august september time frame that's, september, my, that's my gut september might be interesting i mean kids going in back to school right and all that fun stuff i, I think fall is the better season to release it because some people kind of slow down from going outside to come in play a yeah, video exactly. game so on and so forth so yeah, yeah. i'd say that's a pretty good reasonable so, time frame but uh, talking about slaughtering names, <laughs> <laughs> here you go. <laughs> uh, the Greyhound Cup and uh, uh-huh. my pronunciation of everybody's uh, name was just except Dr. Froggers. He's the only one I actually got right. Uh, but we actually uh, you know, saw the, uh, playoff, the Greyhound Cup playoffs go live at the wildcard games. Last game, we talked with Tempest from the 116th. Uh, the final four got whittled down to the final two. Uh, that is 116th. Panzer Division, known as the Greyhound Cups, their namesake for the uh, tournament. And STDV and Pi are in the finals, brought by Das Altberg. It's peak German. You could not have more German in this. Uh, and actually, match one was uh, done yesterday, and this was interesting. Win for Utah. 116th got it. I was watching live on the chat. Everybody was like, oh, it's over, it's over. STB uh, Pi got it back at 30 minutes. 116th uh, then took it back with seven minutes left in the game. It was a great match. Red Zone Garrisons were in play. I like, though, the Greyhound Cup. It's two matches. That final match is going to be after this broadcast. Uh, if you're catching this live, check it out on Das Altbrook's stream. Uh, definitely check out any VODs uh, if you're catching this on the YouTube version. Uh, we also had the 82nd versus 501st. I'm going to give a shout-out to 501st uh, out of Spain. Uh, mm-hmm. They made presence known on the competitive scene. Uh, they did not wind up beating 82nd. 82nd wound up having a 5-0 victory about 45 minutes. It was a solid push. 501st got in a couple little bit of cap races. Definitely showed that it wasn't a steamroll. Uh, showed why uh, that their upset against OC maybe wasn't an upset. Uh, truly performed well. So all in all, Greyhounds wrapping up nicely. Um, I like the format. I like, especially for the semifinals, the flipping both teams, you know, one gets an ally side, one gets an access side. I'm hoping more tournaments carry that going forward. Yeah. Um, are, do you know who's going to be broadcasting for the match right uh, after this show? Yeah, it's going to be Das Altberg. Uh, he had match mm-hmm. one. And then actually I'm joining him. One reason for the early showing on this one, hence us not <laughs> drinking, is I'll be co-hosting uh, with him on that one for the uh, final match. So definitely uh, check it out. 
So be sure to, yeah, to come stake around, jump on a Das Alberg stream. He's a very energetic German man, um, <laughs> but he knows how to put together a good broadcast show. And it's just very comfortable to watch. Indeed. So, uh, you know, speaking of Span Spaniards and Spanish, uh, we've got our favorite cartoon artist in the house, and he is celebrating a little bit of an anniversary today. It's his one year anniversary. We'd like to bring welcome into the show Mosca, our favorite Spaniard. Hello, an in-house cartoon artist. So yeah. he is he's been making content uh, for the uploads to Reddit for about a year ago. And, you know, he's got his earliest ones. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't lost touch uh, in over a year of doing these and uh, definitely just goes to show like he's he's a very talented individual and we're happy to have him on here. But definitely go check out uh, the show we had with him uh, as our as our co-star um, in that interview and special content of him doing a live drawing on show was really awesome. But uh, today's special HL Hell Let's Talk cartoon that pulls from a popular meme. Well, well um, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, well, before we get that, Mosca, I think actually today is the actual anniversary, right? This Sunday? Yes, today, today, uh, 23 of May. Yeah. yeah, I post I post uh, the, my first uh, cartoon two two cartoons. One is um, a Please Commander about the build notes. Um, <laughs> All the children around them just. Yeah. I want to take. I want this. Bobby <laughs> I need a tiger. Another tiger. <laughs> yes, my 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 first uh, joke. Joke. Yep. Um. Now there is a a year. Uh, Seventy. No. Uh, 70 cartoons yeah 70 cartoons wow well and i think i think going back and remastering if you will you know kind of like star wars or indiana jones you know our steven spielberg over here of l let loose uh, cartoons went back and remastered that commander one uh and then i actually if you guys didn't notice on reddit make sure you click all the way through because i think one of my favorite ones that maybe didn't stand the test of time because the game changes but as a support player in the psychiatrist's office yeah. saying, as soon as I drop my supplies, I feel worthless. So if, if you're if you're new to the game, <laughs> it was commonplace for a support player to drop his supplies and then immediately the squad leader just shoot him. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I think Mosca's cartoons have made a couple changes. I mean, I remember his cartoon <laughs> where about the antenna on the German OP and garrison. And now that's gone, you know, yeah. gone away and changed. So I think he's the real driver here. He's he's really making the big moves yeah. in the <laughs> game's development. <laughs> but but what has not changed was that first one of the commander mm -hmm. build nodes that that the relationship between the FPS game, the real time strategy game, things of that nature. I think that's good. But. Digi, I'm sorry, I, I cut you off talking about the meme. This is actually Mosca's mm -hmm. cartoon was specifically for this show and this topic. So I let's nailed go ahead. it. Yeah, let's go ahead and hop to this one. Oh, 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 okay, there we go. So if you, I, I gave it away. I already gave it away. No, so if, no, 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 no. So if you're familiar no. with, if you're familiar with the meme, this is. Let's go ahead and get a little bit of sound on this. This is an old uh, cartoon from Spider-Man. That man's an imposter. There you go. And that just goes on a loop. And just one Spider-Man pointing to another Spider-Man uh, with the top of an asymmetrical balance. Boska, you said, you know what? I can do this better. I can make this HL. And uh, here was the result uh, right there. Boop, boop, boop. And let's see if we can read it back. There it is. Uh, dude, I love this. I love this. What, what was your favorite part of this drawing, Mosca? Um, the, the, the face of the German soldier 
Okay. Because mm -hmm. um, in uh, the main uh, have, has a mask, and I look for the old Gio cartoons okay. for, the, for the face. I want to 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 make a um, Gio German Gio. The German GI Joe, very prominent uh, cheekbones there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that they're both riflemen. They're both pointing to each other, and I mean, they, they go go back and forth between these two. I mean, the NYPD vehicle right there just perfectly nailed it. Now I notice there's a little bit extra here in the bottom right. Let's uh show this yep. here. Uh, it's very what, typical in Hellelus to have a, a piece of rumble everywhere. Uh, Speaking of the Carantan, the um, just the random rubble. That's just like why? Yep. Why is why is there so much here? Why? Who's cleaning these streets? <laughs> I have a play postscriptum. Um, um, postscriptum have cleaners on every street. What happened at the loose? Ah, yeah, I, I, I think. I, yeah, there's like all these perfect buildings that have doesn't show really any battle damage, but Carantan, yeah, exactly. there's just rubble everywhere, and, and if you can. <laughs> If you could drive a truck up and down Carantan streets without getting stuck, oh man, that's a challenge. That should be an achievement. That should be an in-game achievement. Yeah, uh, you, you got to know your routes on that map if you're trying to run that support supply line because that, that map can fuck you up pretty fast. Seriously. Uh -huh. Oh, gosh. So anyway, Mosca, I think you nailed this one. I think it's a great introduction to our uh, main topic for this episode. Mm -hmm. And once again, congratulations uh, on the Thank one you. year. But I, I want to say it, it, it's a milestone for you. It's a pleasure and an honor for all of us in the community to have some fun uh, with your it's artwork. It's very funny to, to, do the, to make the cartoons. I, am, yeah. I have a new idea. Idea is uh, Harry Spotter and Sniper. <laughs> so, I have to draw that. So here's, here's Silver Sniper. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. And now, is, now um, when I'm gaming, go ahead, go ahead, Mosca. Sorry. I'm sorry. Severus Sniper is asking people to open a, a record on a squad, so mm -hmm. Harry Potter appears. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter and oh my gosh, oh boy, you, you got you're you're a genius for the creative content, my my friend. Uh, we uh, it's always a pleasure having you on here, Mosca. Definitely enjoy every cartoon you put together. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. Thank Take you. care. All right. Speaking of pleasures, uh, we're grown, once again joined back by Johnny Gunner. Uh, we we do listen and read all the comments uh, in uh, YouTube and channel, and overwhelmingly, Johnny got such great reviews off our last segment. The hot Johnny, hot hot and Johnny. Uh, the fireside yeah. chats with Johnny Gunner. <laughs> I think was what we wanted to call that segment. I don't know sure if we got the title yeah, in just, there just like fdr it's perfect yeah so. <laughs> yeah we might have to get some graphics going off in the next one uh but right. it, it, his response was so much i actually had a pm i was like hey are, are these your friends that are putting this so he's like i don't know these guys i was like holy crap you know <laughs> um now, so my people were relatively quiet honestly they're like oh yeah good job dude so. <laughs> <laughs> like and we've we've seen we've seen you do better i mean yeah, we <laughs> Yeah, whatever dude <laughs> yeah so uh, but I, I think it really struck a chord uh for something that we wanted on the show that hit really hard the historical aspects of this uh of the game that we play obviously it's a history-based game uh but there's also you know we're competitive we always talk about somewhat of the competitive scene on here and merging these last couple two uh shows together uh where the history that really kind of inspired for this once again i want to give a lot of credit to sunseeker for doing a lot of this work but um 
let's go ahead and kind of just dive into this a little bit. The Kickstarter episode, we you know kept it back. And yes, I'll, I'll admit first off, it was a little clickbait. We actually had a little fun, like how clickbaitish can we get this episode? It was clickbait in half, uh, <laughs> but had fun with it. Um, but one of the promises that we kind of keyed on was, um, I'm going to read this directly here. In Hell Let Loose, players will be able to choose this one of 13 roles, each resembling a historical counterpart with the same ammunition count, equipment and capabilities, or some other lines on that. Um, and we want to bring in Johnny for the historical perspective. Uh, because of that, bring in here. And then we're kind of getting into a little bit of actually what the game should be. But Digi, before we kind of dive in there, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about definitions to frame our conversation. <laughs> always important to put that that's the first thing you want to see um define authentic versus accurate so what we have for authentic as pulled from definition it's a period appropriate response um it's existing at the time and that's really authenticity right it's basically you can verify you know what's happening is what happened at the time um, versus the accuracy where it's really period appropriate and used at that particular time in place. So, you know, we can have Johnny Gunner running around doing his reenactment. It's authentic in the equipment, but he's not in 1944 doing his reenactment. Right. And he's so, in Ohio. And he's in Ohio. <laughs> but that is your two differences. Um, and those are what we're going to try and like define and break apart here in this chat. So we're really looking for that historical accuracy and authenticity combined um, that contextualizes the asymmetrical balance. So very, very deep thoughts um, today on this show. But our focus discussion is relative to the U.S. versus Germany in the game we play Hell Let Loose. Um, at the time period of 1944 to 1945, as the current maps are standing. Correct. I think that time period's right there, Johnny. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that basically, Hell Let Loose, they, the way they really did it was they started at the D-Day landings. So, I mean, even that is extremely late war, honestly. So mm -hmm. you could have all sorts of conversations um, since the war started in 39 with German equipment. You know, some of the German stuff they use in normandy isn't correct like what we'll talk about later on so i mean there's there's so much just in 44 and 45 and those were literally the last two years of the war yeah. so well johnny i don't know you when we're kind of typing up the show notes you highlighted how much you wanted to you know, like that we were defining authentic mm -hmm. versus accuracy you know accurate because you, you hear a lot about chat a lot of people historical accuracy mm -hmm. historical accuracy but there's also some historical authenticity to it mm -hmm. so i mean from from your perspective you want to kind of talk about that a little bit before we dive into specific topics oh uh, yeah i mean a lot of people like what you said is they say historically accurate and they basically kind of sugarcoat it i suppose you could say they they generalize it and uh i mean there's nothing wrong with doing that but i will say for people who are coming from games like say postscriptum or company of heroes or whatever where they're wanting something that is literally pinpoint accurate the big thing that we talk about on one of my shows is that you can't nail that and then also be able to sell the game. And I think that's extremely important to realize, you know, if we did this 100% authentic, 
all the German tanks would be pretty much destroyed lying on the sides of the road and the Americans would be steamrolling every single team because of air superiority. Mm -hmm. It's just not something that you can really do and make a game enjoyable. So the way that I would challenge people to look at the game is instead of wanting something that is it's extensively authentic wanting something where it's more of a what if scenario so you're given the tools that are accurate to the time period be it the tanks the weapons the the tactics and whatnot and giving you that and putting you in the scenario of Saint-Marie-du-Mont or Saint-Marie-Glis Omaha Beach and seeing okay what if the Germans would have pushed us off the beaches? What would it have been like, you know, because then that challenges you historically minded people to kind of have those conversations with one another. So it kind of feeds that historical authenticity because then it's like, oh, wow, we can have these conversations. And it's also still being historically accurate and authentic in the ways of how, it's got the equipment, it's got the weaponry, it's got the good guys and the bad guys. And so I feel like that's something I would challenge people who are kind of kind of looking for that authenticity to go into this game with that mindset is, like I said, more of a, okay, what if this would have happened? And then how would we achieve this goal if it was us with the uh, accurate tools that we've been given? Well, mm-hmm. and you guys well kinda, said, yeah, you well guys said that's hit on a perfect synopsis. Yeah, you guys mm-hmm. kind of hit on ahead. a few, <laughs> few different things uh, that I want to kind of structure this conversation a little bit because mm-hmm. uh, this is such a huge ball of wax that you kind of got to get this down in little bite-sized nuggets. Uh, so we actually broke this down, uh, and here comes my project manager side of me. Using Excel. <laughs> uh, nerd. Uh, anyway, uh, looking at nine different topics, team size, class types, class restrictions, Maps, starting positions. I think, Johnny, this is a huge one when you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, the, the what if scenarios and things of that nature. Infantry mm-hmm. weapons, armor, artillery, and air support. So we're going to go through each one of these indicating if it's currently historic. And if it is historic, is it accurate or is it authentic? Authentic. Uh, and if it's not, then it's asymmetrical uh, as we're playing the game. And then at, if we get enough time, we're going to get into their should be's and we kind of jump around here a little bit. But Digi, mm-hmm. you want to go ahead and start us off with the first one? Yeah, so we'll start with team size, Johnny. Um, you know, cur- current game spec, it's seven, sorry, six people per squad, one squad leader leading, and then one commander over a contingent of 49 troops. So I don't know what size that would actually place it in the cohort. But yeah, well, is that historically accurate? Is that historically authentic? I would, I would sides. say for the most part, it's it's authentic because the big thing that Hell at Loose wanted to put out there originally when they started was it was going to be a platoon size element. And for both the Germans and the Americans, around 40 guys is pretty spot on for that. Now, the organization of those guys is a little bit different. And I think that was something that we had in a graphic that was showing how many troops would be in each squad, whereas a German rifle squad would have around nine guys a German mm-hmm. or an American rifle squad would have around 12. A so I mean, the overall <laughs> yep. like like platoon is correct, but the organization of the platoon is not. But once again, you know, it comes into can one person being a squad leader be able to organize 11 other people? And I would say mostly 
for new players especially one person does not an average person does not have those types of organizational skills especially mm -hmm. with the common setup that we have well but, mm -hmm. but from the purpose of the game though i and mm -hmm. very rarely on an actual battle do we mm -hmm. ever get two sides that were equally staffed or man mm -hmm. uh you know either the attackers had a uh you know uh more platoons more companies mm -hmm. more you know soldiers than the defenders uh mm -hmm. or vice versa so i i think from this one i lean as far as team sizes go it's 100 mm -hmm. asymmetrical for me this mm -hmm. there's not a lot of historical accuracy and 50 germans matching up 50 against 50 allies. americans yeah. yeah it's just or axis i should say yeah. game balancing at its purest form is numbers right and yeah 50 versus mm -hmm. 50 Nobody yeah. can be upset, but yes, yeah. against the actual thing that probably happened, there was always a lopsided position. I don't know. I'd be curious to see if there was ever a battle where sides were to the number, you know, yeah. evenly matched over a territory. I don't well, know if that happens and, that and, often and when, at all. And when we get to the Russian front, that that number just skews even oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see an 80 20 division when the Russians come in. <laughs> but the Russians, so, every third person doesn't have a rifle. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, can imagine that. It'd, it'd be like the Among Us reveal. All of a sudden, you get into the game. You're like, one it, garrison I challenge only for the rush for the Red Army. <laughs> you spot uh, in. Yeah. You spot in. And you don't have people. a rifle. Now, see, that could be a Mosca cartoon as well. You know, oh God! The middle of the clip, crying yeah. is like five Soviets are around him, beating him with a rifle. Give me your ammo. Give me your ammo. Uh, but okay, could you imagine the player base if they went full historical? like on that one where if it's like you spotted and it's like the among us reveal that you're not the imposter you don't have a weapon and you're just like running around waiting for somebody to die to pick it up anyway so in the six of uh times we'll get off the what if fairies here uh, i think he covered pretty well on the class structuring and we do have a good graphic for that we could pull yeah. up um so, and that's just the breakdown for the squad level yeah so let's start with americans here so I got this American uh, put up uh, normal American squad and I actually got this uh, defined. We're going to pull this back up when we talk about weapons. But for purposes of this right now, Johnny, 12 was the normal squad size for an American unit in World War II. That would be that would be pretty accurate because then you would also have different elements within the squads. So, I mean, you would have a fire element and then you would have a maneuver element. The maneuver would be made up of like the BAR gunner, the M1 Garand rifleman, and then the fire element would be the machine gun as well as a few people with them. You'd have the team leader who would either have an M1 Garand or a carbine, and then you would have the assistant team leader who would have a rifle grenade in most cases. So, I mean, and once again, Hell Let Loose Devs, rifle grenades, please, please, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's that's pretty accurate, honestly. Um, what you're talking about when it comes to, like, troop encounters, I completely agree. Because on Omaha Beach, you know, you had a massive amount of assault troops coming in, which is a different type of squad size than what a regular rifle squad would be um yeah. you know you'd have maybe 16 or so or you'd have higgins boats full of platoons as well so yeah one platoon assaulting omaha beach of 50 guys is completely inaccurate you're talking hundreds of men and yep. uh and then of course same thing on the side of the germans defending they would have had a battalion at least defending that sector of omaha beach so mm -hmm. to have an individual rifle squad of 12 guys that's honestly very correct i would say to generalize it yeah so so let's pull up the german graphic here 
Uh, this one's a bigger one. I, I wasn't able to get down to the individual squad, so we have uh, got Johnny. We're horrible at German pronunciation. This is a Zutstrup. Zutstrup. Yeah, much much better. Zuk. Here and be like, wow, this Johnny Gunner guy's an idiot. So this is the platoon. One platoon made up of three squads. You can actually see here that a German squad was actually at uh, nine individuals versus the 12 mm -hmm. in a standard army, uh, German army uh, infantry uh, squad. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was kind of cool. So you got an American squad at 12. Once again, we're going to come back to the individual weapon breakouts of these later. But American squads at 12, German squads at nine in a historical aspect. Uh, here in the game, currently it's six and six, but it's kind of like it doesn't. It's not a four six and six. I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts on the, where it's at right now when it comes to kind of the different types we did have up there? The assault, the MG, the riflemen's. Uh, what, what, what's, your, what's your overall thoughts on where we land on this one? You're always gonna have an MG gunner. You're always gonna have an AT player, and you're always gonna have you'd hope a support player, but using the MP40 and everybody else never really uses those car 98 classes um, specifically. Like I'll get the rare chance a medic to run with me uh, on, when I'm playing German, but that's about it. And that yeah. seems to be the only rifle that's ever in my squad. Yeah. Everybody else is shooting many bullets downrange. That's the way it's been mm -hmm. corrected. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, because a big thing to think about with the squad being reduced to six mm -hmm. and this goes for Americans as too, is you don't have ammunition bearers. And I think mm. that's a big part of where that's lacking. And I mean, that that's where I would almost like to see more of the uh, second rifle class where you can put down ammunition and be able to have those as almost mandatory in the squad or at least very needed for the MG gunner. Because I mean, an MG 42, I, I used to own one of the damn things. It weighs 40 pounds. You're carrying that. You're not carrying six mags or belts right. or whatever you want to call it. You've got to have a guy there with you with the ammunition. Need a private up them running right behind you. <laughs> oh, dude, I, I hate that guy. God, he chickened out in, in that movie. So I know it's a fictional character, but man. So I, I think Digi, Johnny, this one, we're going to go ahead and lean that the class types also asymmetrical more than historical. Yeah. Uh, I control the Excel spreadsheet, but I don't want to ultimately rule. Uh, yeah, fix the, <laughs> fix, the, fix the team size. I would say, you know, what Johnny was saying before, I think team size is both historical and asymmetrical, and it might be the only one like that. But You, you, you um, want to throw both? You want to go, now, is it? Is I, it good? I throw the double. You throw 50, the double? 50. No, we call it authentic or accurate if we're going under historical. I would That's definitely it. say accurate because it is a platoon size element versus another platoon size element. But the only way that any game, and this is not just hell let loose, any game could support the amount of people is if they had their own dedicated servers and mm -hmm. they would have to have very few. Cause you're talking at least 500 B 500 to make oh like my a God. <laughs> correct. And then of course you'd have 200 of those guys sitting back in the, in the headquarters on their ass doing paperwork or taking <laughs> <one crazy laughs> truck and then realize, you know, it goes on this truck. 
So, I mean, the amount of people you'd have to have, like, defending Omaha and then attacking Omaha would be absolutely ridiculous. So, yeah. I would mm-hmm. say, honestly, it, it is accurate. But authentic? No, it, it can't be. Unless Hell Let Loose puts a ridiculous amount of money into some servers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Digi, want to carry us forward in the next uh, category here? Yeah. So, the next one we got here is class restrictions. Um, you know, that kind of really ties back how we were saying the squad structuring. Uh, who gets some... A machine gun and who doesn't um so really it's like the same amount of at anti-tank um mgs uh engineers etc etc so like what's your balance makeup between these squads and what are the restrictions like johnny would there typically be an engineer running around in a squad no it would basically those are specialized troops and you would have engineer battalions uh like the one that was on omaha um if and i hate to bring a movie reference but if you've seen saving private ryan mm-hmm. where you've got the guys that are up there that are Bangalore. Yeah, he's telling them to move up the beach and everything, and he's trying to put demo. He's like, I got to mm-hmm. make holes for the tanks. That would be their job. They would mm-hmm. be brought in specifically for a task. You know, you'd have your infantry platoons that'd be tasked to move up and take the beachhead, and then you'd have engineers coming in behind them to actually knock positions out. And same thing for the Germans. You had Pioneer or Pioneer teams that would be doing the exact same thing in the case of an assault operation. Mm-hmm. And that's carried forward into modern military, that structure yeah. and that specialization of units and things of that nature. Uh, so I, I think as far as class restrictions, I want to go back to that point. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of MGs that are available, you know, one per squad. Granted, I know you can cheese and make multiple squads. And I think it was a uh, one game where uh, WT or Exodus uh got in and made a bunch of squads one person went in and we had like 20 mgs on purple heart lane uh that was a game to remember i'll have to say that that was a game to remember um i, I think for this one I-, I lean to this class restrictions it's available to most there's no locks you know outside like snipers um you can be as many at players as you want to the bane of many tankers there's a lot of mm-hmm. AT players i think this one we chalk this back up to it's currently more asymmetrical in its current state do we carry the content thought of do we need a separate i you know bear with me the logistics squad where Mm -hmm. that's your engineers then again how do you get the encouragement incentivized to have those people play that role Mm -hmm. that's where the trick comes so should it be asymmetrical and remain that or does there need to be some historical accuracies and you got an engineer component you know and that's what they do (laughs) they put mines down they build shit I I used to play postscriptum significantly where that's exactly how it was. Mm -hmm. You know, you would you would have a specific amount of machine guns allowed, a specific amount of bazookas allowed. And I don't know if I would take from that model. I would maybe take notes from it, but Mm -hmm. then you always have that one idiot who grabs the bazooka (laughs) and just doesn't know what they're doing and especially with how many times we've seen like new players coming in and grabbing stuff where they don't know how to use it and not willing to be taught how to use it i think that could be more problematic than good Mm -hmm. so i would almost say until someone thinks of a solution leave it as it is honestly so okay we're jumping what's what's your feelings on a level level cap for certain items that I would, I've had my guys complain about that sort of stuff before, mm-hmm. but honestly, I would say that's exactly how it needs to be because until you can show the experience and the ability to use those classes in an intelligent way, 
then yeah, you shouldn't have access to them because well, honestly, if you think about it, just like how the military did things mm-hmm. is he wouldn't have a sniper squad, really. They would pick the guy who was the best shot in the company. And if they had the allocation, they would get him a 1903 A4 sniper rifle. Mm. But that's if they had the equipment. That's if they had a guy who was good enough. So I would honestly say that would be a good starting point for where to go with something like that. Well, and I think okay. there's also oh, also point to like, hey, you know, this is always hard. It's hard enough to get squad leaders. It's hard enough to get mm-hmm. commanders. But mm-hmm. should there be a lock to, hey, you at least got to be level 20 to be a squad leader? Uh, you know, the little carrot, dang, you know, dangling front or maybe level 50 well, to be a commander. Did, I don't know. If that didn't they do too- that with, for the commander? You can't be under level 10, level, which level 10, is kind of like, a, Let's, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a speed bump. I mean, <laughs> I don't even I don't even know why that was, you know, like if you're going to go with that, go with that a little bit further. Like, yeah. I would say 50 for commander is a, is a sensible number. You know, by then you've had a, a, at least 20 hours in the game and you've you been know, around you the probably block. had asked some questions. Yeah. Um, so squad I- squad leader around like, yeah, 20, 30. Um, and, and that's not that's not super limiting that you could you could hit level 20 in mm-hmm. under 15 hours. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think let's go. Let's go ahead and put some stuff down here on paper because I want to get this filled out here. So I think should be we, do, we dove a little early into mm-hmm. the should be world. I think it it might be one of these kind of both ones. I definitely think it should be in a game perspective asymmetrical, and we'll kind of talk a little about this a little later. That you know MGs were a main part of the German tactics and doctrines. Should mm-hmm. that all of a sudden the Germans have more access to MGs just because of that? I don't think so. So I lean towards asymmetrical, but I would like a historical experience block on it that would be more, you know, authentic. And I guess mm-hmm. that's, and so I want to put authentic and asymmetrical. Do you guys disagree or agree I, on that? I would put, yeah, right class lock under the should be for those class yeah. restrictions. And I think that is the simple solution to it. The only mm-hmm. issue is maybe asymmetrical. Yeah, maybe you get a team in a pub match where they don't have, I, you know, I find it hard to believe, but I've definitely seen the games where there's like 30 below 10s mm-hmm. uh, opposing. So then there would be a balancing issue. But I mean, I think it was going to be a steamroll the same in that <laughs> vein of thought, uh, you but know, yeah. whether they had one less AT gunner or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's still some 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 way it'll weed itself out naturally with a class lock. Just, it'll be a roll if it was going to be a roll it's still going to be a roll <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on that's that's uh the first three that were pretty yes. much asymmetrical from a gameplay perspective things of that mm-hmm. nature maps i think this is one where we can kind of say i'm gonna go ahead and give a shout out to gretzen uh listening mm-hmm. on this one some of the map designers uh developers that listen to the show um I, he you know we've had conversations hell let loose painstakingly maybe to the fault of you know some of the gameplay elements recreates these maps based on historical images current google map uh google maps we know there was a video that we posted a while back ago in one of our hero segments which overlaid the maps on current google earth imagery and it just lined up damn near perfectly so i think on this one uh we this is straight up accurate not Mm -hmm. yeah any any objections any extra on this one well johnny was Johnny was laying in the foy smoke for us last episode. I'm like, yeah, I think they're getting pretty damn accurate with their maps. That was the lure for me. That was really the hook in for my nerdy historical brain. I was like, well, these maps look fucking great. You know, they look real. 
Yeah, I mean, when they originally did the Kickstarter, I stood 100% behind it, and I still honestly do, because there's only so much that you can do when it comes to building these maps, and they really took the extra step to get actual engineer maps and Google maps and photographs of the area. I mean, that is abs- that that is a labor of love. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen any other game company um, do something like that. This is almost to the point of like Hollywood filming on set. I think yeah. it's absolutely amazing. And I 100% stand behind accurate well, with that. And, and being able to, I haven't been to these places. I would love to go. But being able to identify key things really transports you in if you've been there before. I'll put an example of one of my gaming careers. I think it uh, what was the Fallout series that was in DC? Um, uh, but three. Yeah. okay, thank you. Uh, when you're actually going down in the subways, and that DC subway system has kind of that uh, not checkered, but that distinct concrete block mm-hmm. structure going all around. I was like, this is like the real thing type deal. And you know, <laughs> seeing those landmarks, seeing those things. I regret it was a Fallout thing. But just little things like that, I think, have been key. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and go a little bit, though, because maps, yes, we're talking about the actual um, you know, environment. You're talking about the uh, um, buildings, the roads, things of that nature. But there's a, the other part of the map that's key is the starting positions. Oh, and, huge, huge. Yeah. And, and I know. think this is play into it but i mean is that the basis on when they make these accurate maps and then you try and build these starting hqs like okay we're gonna roughly bop you know there's they're they're trying to make an equally position across um in 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 the back middle of each point right some are up and some are down of course but it's it's like yeah the balancing comes in what happens once everybody spawns in from these points and to get to the midpoint, right? The, the opening rush. So historically yeah. accurate. I, I, see, I, I don't know. I think it kind of depends on like the game mode. And this one I want to kind of put up to conversation here. This we might mm-hmm. say both or dependent on game modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we go back to Foy, Johnny, mm-hmm. you know, Foy she, you know, on I think more offensive would be more historically authentic, maybe mm-hmm. not necessarily accurate. Um, and the other part of the starting positions is you know the ability of defenses to be built up. Like I look at Utah, you know, they had already the barbed wire out there that's a pain in the ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you know, essentially for I don't know, we want to say two thirds of the points, you know, middle mm-hmm. points. They do try to be as, uh, asymmetrical, and this one's hard for me, guys. I, I, say, I don't know where I land on this one. It's map to map. Um, I think each map is different, right? And depending on what midpoint it'll be, so it's it's really like eh, toss in the air because there's some maps nobody will play competitively on. Like those are just hard because yeah you can get really shitty midpoint, and then like there's some midpoints that make great sense, but you can't pick them <laughs> you know it's random every time so you're not going to run that risk of the balancing so yeah i'd say for some maps it works out great some points and then other maps it doesn't work out entirely so, so let's go ahead and mark this down you guys want to mark asymmetrical and uh authentic as both mm-hmm. kind of marking them in both of them i don't know what you guys thought i, I don't know I, I don't know definitely <laughs> asymmetrical authentic i don't know because like honestly the whole thing is like what we talked about in the beginning this was mm-hmm. from normandy on the germans were on defensive the entire Always. time so oh, like, good point 
good point i would i would almost say where my my thing would kind of leak into this should be where the germans should almost always have the middle point if it's like on warfare or offensive because mm. that's where they're going to be at they're going to be stationed in that area now all the mm -hmm. equipment needs to be in the back you know all the trucks and the tanks make them work their own way up mm -hmm. but there should be german elements and maybe even have it set so that it is a single squad or nope. maybe a certain type of squad like recon so that they have their elements in that defensive position and you talk about this on warfare you're saying on warfare even yeah even on the when you have the middle point because i mean it's kind of like the greyhound cup y'all saw yesterday is even though the team took the the first point it went back and forth quite a bit yeah so to have a group in there setting up defensive positions and then to have all of the allied strength come together and slam right into them that's basically what happened but would that make good gameplay so it's mm. like it's a real mm. balance <laughs> You know well, what and, made and, really great gameplay was running to the point how it was in update, you know, <laughs> pre-update, whatever. Because that was building. that was the true balance when it was just foot soldier versus foot soldier running to the yeah. middle point. You yeah. got there roughly the same time. It wasn't the truck mm -hmm. who had the easiest drive, right? Before, so that yeah. that's yeah. where they skewed it once the the trucks came in, and then it was like you had to mm -hmm. use it or you will lose the point. Right. Before before I jump into that one, I'm gonna go ahead. And, okay, you got, you got like, some hair standing up on my neck on that one. I'm gonna put a pin on that because I think when we talk about going forward, what can be done, there's a way to get mm -hmm. to that. Uh, but right now, I'm just gonna leave should be out there. But let's mm -hmm. get into I think where a lot of the uh, people uh, start really kind of attacking yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. and that really just happens with uh, so we were mm. saying the squad makeup so it's infantry weapons right we, mm. we briefly touched into it um, asymmetrical balance has a strong relation to the historical reflection of different military doctrines and weapons use and I've seen multiple reddit posts about well the German military used this and if we just blah 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 it's like good luck getting a bunch of online random strangers to you know listen to your military junta plan um, of what's what's proper doctrine um but yeah germany there was a lot different versus how it is with the six man i mean it was really focused around protecting that mg gunner and supporting him so he is your suppressive base of fire and the advancing rifleman uh is carrying those car 98s moving forward with the troops there we got the graphic back up and the mp40 was usually the mp40 was really just an officer's gun um, or tank crews. It was not a not a primary fighting force. Uh, just really, it's that support uh, doctrine. Because um, your 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 machine gunner, give him the best spot. He gets that window. I know there's some picky people that I play with, and they're. <laughs> get out of the fucking way they're trying to like set up their machine gun in the window and you've been popping people with your <laughs> your, your gear from a distance you're like i don't really want to move but but that is the that is the doctrine um as originally historically accurate that is not something we see in game um yeah those german squad compositions i mean 33 percent, as we were saying were automatic yeah in historical sense so yeah Bigger way, I mean, infantry weapons, that'll be, I think, the most hotly contested one um, uh, in the in the fan base. My take is, yeah, what they did was give a little bit more automatics. And I think what you had a really good comment, Johnny. It, it makes sense because it's yeah. smaller squads. Yeah. Well, let's and let's yeah, go I'm, pull up the um, the American one here also. Uh, so here's the American loadout. We had that graphic up there earlier. 
Um, you've got, uh, granted, the M1 is a semi-automatic. There's no bolt-action weapons um, mm-hmm. on the normal infantry American or allied uh, squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, but when you look at this, if you're if you're counting semi-automatics. Uh, only 16% of these weapons listed on here are fully automatics. The MG mm. and the BAR. That's it. Um, and then granted, we got the, you know, the um, grenade launcher that you want back. The noob tube. I just, I, I hear that. I'm just like, God. noob tube. I'm scared, like, dude. I'm scared. I'm scared. That's, uh, I just, Johnny's like, yeah, yeah, give it, give it. No, and I'm like, I, no, I don't want to be blasted by fucking noob tubes. Just noob tubes anywhere. <laughs> So I'll hear is poof, and then uh, and then you're dead. <laughs> Go ahead, Johnny. That's the thing is you could you could add so much with it. You could add the I rifle know. grenades that are in the tank. Uh, you could add flare uh, rifle grenades for the night battles that are coming. Oh which, God! Way, <laughs> the ten questions answered by the devs was mine about the night battle. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm pinning that rifle grenade with the flare. That's that's all me. Uh, you could use smoke rifle grenades. I'm I'm on top of that. I'm I am 100% rifle grenades, even for the M1 carbine, because yes, okay. they were used in Normandy. <laughs> so so let's 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 uh, let's 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 piss some people off here. Uh, let's oh. go ahead. What, what the three of us agreed is is this infantry weapons historical or asymmetrical, and if historical, are they accurate or authentic? Hmm. I, I've got to say it's it's asymmetrical what they've done recent changes. The game pre update seven, you know, more into the historical, accurate and authentic. Well, authentic in the sense of like what it could be, what it definitely was not quite there. As you were been saying with the squad. So it's like, huh? but definitely oh. accurate. Yeah, um, accurate is what I would agree with. Absolutely. So accurate there and the time period works out, Johnny, with the weapons that we have in this time frame. Absolutely. I mean, the only thing that I would really like to see a little bit less of is like the STG 44s, because that was something that you don't really see as much until like the Mm -hmm. Battle of the Bold. And Mm -hmm. the big thing to remember is the Germans were extremely compartmentalized when it comes to their squads. So yeah, you'd have maybe officers with MP forties or you'd have like Unter officers who were like, uh, you know, uh, NCOs would most likely have rifles. Instead, you wouldn't see as many G 43s, but once again, to make the game sellable, you've got to have something other than bolt action rifles and one guy playing with the 1200 round a minute death machine. So. <laughs> well and uh yeah so we we just we just go the infantry weapons accurate and i was say with the changes i think they've tried to push as much to asymmetrical also the car buffs i mean it's it's still below a semi-automatic um but it's probably one of the biggest biggest things let's just kind of we're, we're gonna jump into the should be's here in a little bit um was from time's sake speed around here on the last uh i'm gonna the last three armor uh, you got uh, Tigers, you got Sherman 76. I, I, I don't, I mean, Johnny, do, can we even call this historic? Yes, they're tanks, but they, they were tanks. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the 76 jumbo didn't exist. So I don't know <laughs> what that is. And I've been questioning that the entire time. And then the loose yeah. being in Normandy. Uh, okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. the only reason that 
own the Tiger E was because Tiger won three one from Fury, so people would be like, "Ugh, Brad Pitts." So <laughs> you know, I mean, it, yeah, it uh, accurate mildly because no. I mean, even the tanks he used were not really on that front. You know, I mean, there's a reason why we call the the Shermans in there. My crew calls them basic bitches because that's exactly what they were. And we we could make 10 of them for every Panzer four, which mm-hmm. where's the Panzer four? That's my thing. Where the it's hell coming. is the Panzer They said it's 4? coming. They said it's, it's said coming. It's coming. Uh, give me, but we, we're all excited for the Stug. We don't care about yeah. the Panzer stug four life. as much as the Stug. So. Yeah, Panzer IV needs love too. That was the yeah. backbone of the German army. So yeah. not Normandy. That that makes me severely upset. So, mm-hmm. so lightning right, round. I mean, what comes with armor? Uh, just quickly, tank combat. Historically accurate oh, it's or authentic? Hell. <laughs> <laughs> my, my crew and I run armor significantly. Mm-hmm. I would say we're one of the best ones when my guy is not dying of COVID, which hopefully he gets better soon. Um, I armor is just it's odd because they have they have situations where you'll be in a 76 and you'll one shot a tiger tank and that's not how tanks work the round goes in it blows up it might kill a crew member it might damage part of the tank but nine times out of ten you are going to have to pour rounds into it until the crew either jumps out and abandons it or the tank just completely catches fire and explodes finally. I mean, we see this in the battle. Are, are you saying we got Michael Bay tanks right now? <laughs> yeah, seriously, because, I mean, I'll put a round through, uh-huh. and it'll just instantly kill it, and I'm like, okay, I mean, that's cool that we just killed it, but the other team's over there slamming their keyboard against the thing, and, mm-hmm. I mean, no American tank could do that. You know, it just, mm-hmm. even the 76, which the three inch gun round, it could not penetrate the front of a tiger tank. It just, it wasn't doable. So, so Johnny mm-hmm. knows, Johnny knows a lot. What he doesn't know is lightning round. <laughs> lightning round. Yes. So we'll go on to artillery. I mean, I think we've got that armor pretty well covered as asymmetrical. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, we can agree. I think this it's this is something that, no, it's something they need to come back to once they oh, do the yeah. armor update. We'll need to have another thorough discussion on that once yeah. once the update's made. But yeah, artillery, fully symmetrical, historically yeah. authentic, and Germany had time to set up defense is another key note to put. But obviously, it's not happening in warfare or you know offensive. It's just whoever gets on the gun. You know, it, it's not one of those pub things. But when you are in competitive. Wow, those guys know how to shoot already, and they're always the top killers because you got it marked, you got it figured, you know your timing. Like a good artillery person that plays a pub match, like it's a whole other game when you're like, where's the enemy? You know, they're oh well, the guy's been shelling their garrison spawn. Johnny, wow, I I know we talked about this a little bit on the uh, when typing up the show notes. I I think that this one we got to pick it down as uh, asymmetrical. Different caliber weapons used by different artillery or in real life, yet in game it's the same splash effect. The fact that there's three guns on each side, that like mm-hmm. there there is no difference between German artillery and American artillery. Yep, it's just a skin, pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think we mark this one down as artillery yep. uh, being asymmetrical, and then probably one of the biggest ones for a lot of like when you get into the secondary effects of mm-hmm. what it would like was air superiority. Uh, Johnny, what were the air? Uh, what was what was the air battle like uh, at this point of the game that we're playing? 
basically B29 go boom. Um, <laughs> the German Luftwaffe was in shambles. The only thing they could really do was just attack our bombers. So by the Normandy campaign, it was it was almost over. We had complete air superiority the entire time. Uh, there was an account of, I think, two Luftwaffe Falkwolfs that got up in the air and were able to do a little bit of damage on D-Day, but that's two planes versus thousands of ours. And the big thing, too, to remember is we had been harassing them with aircraft for months prior. I mean, blowing up railways, blowing up transport trucks. They were terrified. The Germans, honestly, barely even moved during the day. Most of their troop movements and tank movements had to be at night just because they could not move during the day. Wow. So we literally had almost complete air domination. The only time we didn't really was it Foy because of the fog? That's when no one had air superiority, and we see where the German ground forces were overwhelming to our new troops that were in that area around mm -hmm. Mount Stone. Yeah, uh, so I think that one gets us down in asymmetrical. So as we look at the game right now, at least from the mechanics, from the higher level, a majority except the maps are asymmetrical, mm -hmm. with some elements getting into an accurate percent. Mm -hmm. There's not really mm -hmm. anything authentic that we see about the current game, but accuracy is there in certain elements, but mm -hmm. Digi, all right, let's put on our what if hats. The what if, so now about going forward with the game theory and, you know, we just had our good spiel here with the balancing. Can a multiplayer game with two opposing teams and theoretically equal chances to win be historically accurate? as well as based on its history played out in a certain way. Like, can you have both be, you know, pretty good and pretty good? <laughs> like, can it be done? Yeah, John, I, I know you had some thoughts on this one. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I said earlier, I, I feel like it really can be um, because, I mean, there can be balancing acts that can be done, you know, making, in my opinion, having like four armored squads on the American team versus two armored squads on the German team. You know, um, I really think that like what it needs to be is you need to look at the game as a what if scenario, not as much as, okay, we're going to play this and it's going to go exactly how it went back then. Cause it's not, you're not in an actual warfare situation. So I think it can be done, but there's definitely a formula for success that I think hell let loose is getting closer to figuring out, but we haven't quite nailed yet. And I mean, that's, what's great about playing this game is we get to grow alongside of them and support our devs in a way to be like okay this is what we like this is what we don't like and this is how it actually happened you know we have history to learn from on this which is a massive factor that the devs are actually listening to instead of you know like battlefield 5 with the steampunk pirate lady that was in the initial trailer yeah. so i i love to see that they're doing that and i i honestly think that yeah with with where we're going we could probably uh we could probably be able to go forward with that well let's go ahead and wrap up this discussion with throwing out a couple ideas that we see of having to possibly get us into where we want to be on this and i think really these ideas need to come with uh, answering two major questions and the first question mm -hmm. is how do you implement an asymmetrical balance in the way that translates to balanced gameplay and how do you retain historical accuracy without compromising that said gameplay because i mean we all know 
Yes, the allies won. No one wants to repeat that over and over and over again in a video game. Um, you know, but you also have a certain amount of the base that isn't part of Johnny Gunner's community that just wants a good multiplayer game and they don't really care that much that the maps are, you know, f f the fog on Foy is bringing them back to that historical experience. They just want a good gameplay. So, uh, I don't know. What's what's some of your ideas, some of your suggestions, Digi? You want to start with one of them? Yeah, I mean, it's the summary. We were talking like allies 121 of 26 engagements, uh, you know, back in the real deal. And how do you ensure that it's balanced? I, I think for asymmetrical balance in a way that translates to balanced gameplay, is just keep making those little tweaks and little changes. I think, um, you know, the, you're always going to have the pew pewers that just want to go in there and shoot. And then you'll have the guys that geek out, you know, oh, my God, look at this, you know, the, the, the fog and shit. And then they're like, you know, having a having a good time and moment. They, there is components that can blend across that both parties alike. But I don't think there's walking away cleanly with uh, both parties being 100 percent satisfied. Um, yeah. I think at the end of the day, it's better to cater on the side of balance than it is to historical re relevance, because um, that always again, you got to have a product to sell and nobody wants to get a grind out. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm German. It used to be like that. You know, people would bitch that. Yeah, you never win as the Germans because the weapons did the tweaks. Yep. You see more balance, make some more people happy. You know, I don't think anybody was really griping too hard. <laughs> People have that overreaction immediate. Um, you know, you go to the Reddit the day they make a change. There's like, bah, you know, like it's going to end the game. Well, that actually worked out pretty well. Let's so. throw out a little tangibles here. Let's throw out a little mm -hmm. tangibles. You brought up the car 98. Should mm -hmm. we try to asymmetrically balance the small arms to maybe where if the Grand has a little bit more recoil, um, you know, obviously they increased the bolting speed for the car 98, but should that Grand mm -hmm. have a little bit more recoil to possibly be a direct comparison to the car 98? And is that applicable in all situations? What do you got for us, Johnny? Do you think uh, that you, you have an M1, correct? Yeah, I've got an M1 and a uh, K98. I mean, and you're, you're a pretty I'm, solid dude, but I mean, do you get a bit of recoil shooting that thing at the range? I mean honestly not too much but the big thing to remember is like you said i'm a bigger guy these were tiny little farm kids that were mm -hmm. weighing maybe 120 pounds right plus wet so i mean and if you look at combat footage a lot of how they were trained was initial contact you start firing from the hip and then bring the rifle up you know you start oh. at a low ready. so in a situation where you know someone runs around a corner with a k98 or something you might start firing but i feel like if it's firing from the hip for any sort of semi-auto weapon the that should really be spread out because even though you know someone like me who i've had thousands of hours tens of thousands of rounds firing the weapon maybe this soldier has not maybe this is a brand new private who only fired his weapon in basic training mm -hmm. so i would rather take it from that perspective for like what you said digi is the sake of balance because i agree is that is the that is the number one thing that should be focused on honestly i i as a historian am extremely satisfied with this game i know it's not going to be perfect but i think that honestly doing something like that you know maybe making the k98 where you can chamber the bolt while you're actually aiming because that mm. can be done, you know just don't be an idiot and smack yourself in the face <laughs> lean your head to the right or left or whatever you know mm -hmm. um you know, things like that, little tiny tweaks here and there and seeing how that can affect it. Absolutely. I think that would be a, an excellent thing to do. So what about armor? What about armor? Would we would we take, you know, some disparity? You talked about the 10 to 1. 
building up? Do we think that going forward there should be, well, we're allies, so we have, you know, glass cannon tanks, but we're going to get more of them versus this one or two German tanks they have for the entire round. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think, I don't think the player base would uh, accept that. I think they would understand it initially. And then after four or five games would just be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, from our perspective, like we've taken down tigers and shit and greyhounds and stewards, uh, mainly because we think it's fun. But I would say, honestly, it should be a combination, once again, driving teamwork in the game to have both the commander have some sort of ass or some sort of a. Uh, tool to be able to help knock armor out Mm -hmm. as it should be armor squads working together because that's one of the big things we've noticed as a tank crew is we'll roll out and no other armor squad will communicate with us it Mm. literally you go out you do your own thing and so we've had to adapt to basically having a 360 degree full state of awareness you know communicating with whoever will talk with us and i honestly don't like that i feel like it should be a direct communication between you know other tank crews the commander and okay we have a tiger tank out here our sherman can't pin the front or the side of it maybe we could call in a rocket run maybe we could call in an artillery strike you know who knows it's it's the sky's the limit you know we're gonna have to get you in johnny we did a we did a convoy of like eight tanks one you know game a couple months back oh it's so much fun you know, yeah. it's part of that dog leg, uh, dog kick strategy. <laughs> you you get a good tank contingent of people that know what they're doing and you're in a column. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Four tanks. Just so you see that one tiger rolling in division and all the guns are going <laughs> bang, 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 <laughs> dead. You know, <laughs> it, it, it can be a very dominant force when they're working oh, yeah. together. And that's that teamwork component. <laughs> but it's like, how do you incentivize it? I guess because some people just don't want to do that. They'll take their solo yeah. tank. They'll take a two man tank. They'll take, you know, this yeah. and fuck away. Want to go blow up the the base spawns or something. You yeah. know, did you I, I know? I Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Did you? I know there's a suggestion that you really kind of key on uh, for how this game should be going forward between the historical and asymmetrical aspects. Uh, what, what, what's the one? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it would, the, and it's always going to be this is like the hot topic after weapons is spawning. Um, strong points in general have always, the, and they're the most modified and fucked with thing, I think, from the devs' perspective. And because we bitch a lot about it because it is something that wor- worth mentioning. I mean, balance really comes from the ground troops forcing a point. And you really see that like on the force maps. It's like, okay, we got a well hidden one here and a really shitty one here. And, you know, like again, where you put those strong points really defines who's going to win that game and how many can you put down, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, the, the, the 200 meter spacing, which again, like, why is that a thing? It is. Um, <laughs> it just, it forces predictability, but the balance issue is like, okay, well, I can put one here. That's pretty good. And then this one has to suffer. And then the balance is kind of whacked because again, it's always favoring the, the defense side of things when you can just flush in a spawn. But uh, yeah, axis approach to playing is strengths and vice versa. How viable with constraints of historical maps. Yeah, again, Johnny hit it earlier. The Germans were always on the defensive um, this stage of the war. So, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bringing in. You can have a little preloading, but at the same time, I think spawns in general, like uh, that's always and I would keep playing with until we find something that mm-hmm. 
makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah. So for time's sake, we always we you know mm-hmm. I, we didn't even try to put the hero zero in. We knew this was going to be a, a, a <laughs> no. meaty topic. Then, but let me just go ahead and get a couple of these things from the the notes that we had on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe there would be some acceptance to increasing the suppression power of an MG uh, forty two or thirty four based upon German mm-hmm. doctrines. Maybe mm-hmm. weapons having different effects on enemies for that one. Um, you know, it could lead to maybe some abuse, but I, I think I think I'm okay with Germans having better capabilities in this department, allies having better capabilities in this department, um, and yeah. not just saying its suppression effect is equal for all rounds, everything to that nature. Mm-hmm. I think and even giving the option for two machine gunners on the Axis side would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it gets into class restrictions. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I think that would be something. I, I think that maybe if you got into, yes, the Germans, you said we're going to be on defenses. Maybe they have more, a little bit more engineers to build a little bit more barricades. Mm-hmm. Allies maybe have a little bit more assault, a little bit more satchels, you know, something of that nature. I think that would be. <laughs> yeah, an and that could one. carry even in the commander abilities too. Like the German have a better defensive ability capability in their 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 thing, and uh, allies could have a better offensive, uh, I, you know. I, I think it would be awesome. Whatever that may be, you know. I think it'd be awesome to see the German commander have or commanders have different abilities. Maybe the German commander has a free garrison he's able to immediately pop down, uh, where the Allies gets a airhead instead of being on a ten minute cooldown, it's on a seven and a half minute cooldown or Mm. something that to reflect. Mm. I I think that little thing would be just those little nuances. Obviously it would take more training uh, or take more testing. Go all the way back, PTE, open it up, let us try some of this stuff out. I, I think I think that's something we need. Uh, ultimately, though, and I, I want to go back to what you said, the what if scenario, the kind of that Johnny, you said, I think additional moderation tools are needed to be able oh, to, yeah. you know, maybe start a match where Germans have that middle point, be able to choose which middle point, the map layouts, things that I want more of a sandbox environment. Uh, uh, wouldn't that be nice tools. i mean even, and that would that would go way further with a competitive scene when you can predict a point and you can plan for it you know then it's really the best strategy versus the best strategy instead of like hey we got to make something up for all three of these points yeah. and blah, blah 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 you could have more of a historical relevance you know like from this point to this point to this point on this map because that's what we're trying to mimic right I, give more control to some of the server owners um with these tools and i mean admin cam was great let's keep going with it yeah, I definitely so agree with that. I, I just can't leave this unfinished right now, <laughs> but I'm going to ask this question. A lot of the things that we talked about, Johnny, I want to bring you in here. Is there anything that we think going forward should be more historical than asymmetrical at this point in the game? Or we th- I think a lot of us are leaning more to kind of asymmetrical with a mixture of some uh, uh, authentic but maybe not accurate. I mean, what's, what's your thoughts there, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely agree with that is I feel like there needs to be balance above all things, but make it so that it's different for each team, because then that's also going to continue what hell that loose has done is making each battle different. You know, I mean, you load in, you might do the same map two or three times, but you're going to have different points each time. And that's what makes this game different. So Mm -hmm. give us that customization, give us that difference, you know, look at, 
look at historical events and tactics and weapons for inspiration and then do it basically oh gosh i you know i used to do a lot of the call of duty too and you could get into the details of like changing the weapon output yeah. damage on stuff like you know the shotguns cranked down or the, you know this is cranked up and you could do those little minute changes within your server that was your capacity yeah. and it gives a little bit more variety and spice of life um, yeah, so, you know, but if you're going to do those crazy things, definitely put that in the server description, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> the infinite uh, MG server, you know, <laughs> you just hold down the trigger and spray. But well, yeah, no, like again, to the to the rationale it or options give uh, a little bit more creativity to uh, community. Definitely look, at, look at what has come out of the admin cam. They gave us a tool on that and the community has embraced it. Granted, they have competition going on, things of that nature. Mm hmm. But the more tools the developers give to us, the community mm -hmm. will embrace it. They'll be able to apply in the what if scenarios. I mean, I think that outside of new content being tanks, weapons, cosmetics, things of that nature, you want to do something that just makes me, you know, all warm and fuzzy inside. Just get the cockles warm. I don't know. Okay, that might be going too far. I got a warm cockles, you know, deep down. It's it's like a Christmas reference, I think. Anyway. Uh, I, give me more moderation tools. Give us something more in the community that we can enjoy this, these wonderful maps in a more sandbox type of environment. Let us maybe mm -hmm. open the maps a little bit wider. Let us play with the tanks. Oh, my us, God. Oh, yeah, oh. Don't start saying that or I'm going to have to talk about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I won't get you back on. Re maybe, maybe adjusting resource nodes, resource counts. I, I won't get that started. No, you don't say that either. <laughs> <laughs> so there's We've a lot are, of we, we definitely can hammer through a lot of those ideas. But again, I think the consensus is the same. More yeah. customization, more tools, more availability to the community to pick and choose. You know, a little yeah. bit. So. Yeah, a little mini tournament where it's the center of Carantan and everybody has automatic weapons. Oh God! So, no, like, uh, Call of Duty shipment, no, no. Loose. <laughs> no. Well, you know, I think it would be interesting if you go to where maybe you the mod tools allow car ninety eights and just M one grands that was put yeah. up in chat hero during I, the show. I, yeah. I love a good bolt only game. I mean, that would be fun. Yeah. So. <laughs> or I had the 1903 Springfield with. Is gonna say launcher. give the Springfield. Oh, would you stop uh, it with the, the new two? No new tubes. I, 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 I understand you, Johnny, but I just hey, get it, flashbacks. Oh, boy. His shotguns, I get my noob tube. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, before we send you out here, any final words on this topic? Uh, any of? Uh, no, the only thing I'd say is just uh, continue supporting the devs, guys. They, like I said, this is a labor of love for them. And uh, me, like I said, I've been reenacting since 2006. I've had most of this equipment. I've ridden in Sherman tanks. I've, I've done all the stuff that's in some of these games. I've had this stuff with me. These guys are like me. They absolutely love it. It is a passion of theirs. And so they are working their asses off. Let's support them and let's walk with them in this and be able to see how we can help each other. Cause I know there's more people out there that are like me who have these experiences that are just silent at the moment and they need to have their voices heard too. So I'm, I'm totally in support of all this. I absolutely love it. Thank you guys for having me on the show and everything. I absolutely love the opportunities you've given me. Thanks. Awesome. We're happy to have you here, Johnny. Again, it's always a pleasure and definitely want this to be a returning thing. So appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks guys. 
And uh, that's it. I was gonna say we we always. <laughs> I, I think I think we have a normal routine of the show. We always get to this point. We say that was a stuff packed show, but because the reality is, it is. It, 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 we 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 try to get these topics. We try to hit them on. We want this to be much like you're walking into a Discord conversation. Uh, but keep the conversation going. If you're listening to this uh, on YouTube, on podcast, whatever you're at, um, come back. Put down uh, what you think maybe should be historically accurate versus historically authentic. Or what should really be uh, asymmetrical? I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions on that. Yeah, you can catch us in on the uh, Hell at Loose Training Camp Discord. I'm DigiShadow uh, number 003. I don't know what your Discord number is, but uh, <laughs> definitely throw us those direct messages with anything you like or post up in the YouTube comments. We appreciate the feedback and we'd look to incorporate it where we can. But uh, thank you all for listening to Hell Let's Talk. Um, it was another great show, and we appreciate you guys' support so, so much. And uh, we'll see you on the battlefield. Yep. Uh, I want to, before we get out of here, I want to give a special thank out once again to Sunseeker, all the research he was mm-hmm. able to do on this one, bringing this topic to hand. If you guys have a topic you want to see Digi and I uh, hash out, chew on for a while, feel free to submit it. Uh, finally, uh, this coming weekend is Memorial Day uh, in the United States. Um, I want to kind of put this out there. Uh, for all nations, uh, I know this is a worldwide uh, community that we have. Um, somebody that have, myself did three tours over in Iraq, um, had some buddies not come back. I really want to make sure um, that you know this the, from a civilian aspect. Um, go up, uh, you know. Everybody says, you know, well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Some of these veterans have never been told welcome home, and I think that's a very important thing. So if you do go out there, if you do see somebody you want, you feel compelled to keep in the spirit with Memorial Day. If you you know, visit a local cemetery, go to that type of section, help uh, keep some of the legacy and honor of these men forward. And if you just happen to know a veteran, call them, just say welcome home. I think that's a very important thing to do, regardless of what nation or what side they uh, fought on. But uh, that's everything. I'm going to say a little sober moment ending the show on. That's everything for episode 12 of Hell Let's Talk. Catch us again in two weeks, and we'll have some more conversation for you. Take care. See you then.